Hey you, how's it going? My name is Ruby Price and you're listening to the fifth ever episode of Fresh From The Scene. I hope you are enjoying the start of December, because that's a thing now, you know? Counting down the days to Christmas. Getting in that festive cheer. If anyone can actually tell me what that's a reference to, then I am very surprised. This week's guest is the incredibly enthusiastic Charlie Hula, who has a gig in Huddersfield, so make sure you can get down for that. There'll be links in the description to all of that stuff. But before we go and speak to Charlie, first of all, can you just, you know, give this podcast a bit of a share on social media? That really help us out. And I know I say that every podcast, and that's just because it really does help out. Simply just sharing it or letting someone know about it can make a world of difference and, you know, could be a little Christmas present to me just to share on social media. You can find Fresh From The Scene on Twitter at FFTScene, that's F-F-T-S-C-E-N-E, or alternative, you can find me on Twitter at Rubes. I'm also at Rubes on a lot of other things, unless it's Instagram, in which case it's at Rubes001. Unfortunately, I wasn't the first Rubes on Instagram. Anyway, stick around, because here we go with this week's guest, Charlie Hula, on Fresh From The Scene. Hmm... listening to Fresh From The Scene with your host, Ruby Price. Welcome to Fresh From The Scene. Today's guest is the incredibly bouncy Charlie Hula. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. I mean, you are very bouncy. I'm a pogo stick, mate. <laughs> part-time musician, part-time pogo stick. Part-time pogo stick. Um, but yeah, like I've obviously got you on because A, you're a nice guy anyway, but you also have a gig on Monday in Huddersfield. I hope both of those things are true. Yeah, um, <laughs> I can definitely speak for the second part. The gig is Monday the 9th of December at Northern Quarter, Morgan Bratton supporting with um, Josh Fielden on Upright Bass and Brian Bonadonna on the viola. And quite frankly, I'm very, very excited. Like, it feels really great to be getting these songs that have like been this EP start to finish as I'm sure we're going to get into um about a year and a half um the whole process and so it feels really good to now be taking it out and you know playing the live shows and it's so nice to play them with Josh and B as well because they're very close friends but such such talented musicians so it's all it's all very positive on that front to be honest with you yeah uh, one thing that I always get any guest on to do is sum up their musical act to people who have never heard of them before. So how would you describe Charlie Hula? He's a singer-songwriter who is... He just loves songs. Really, really is all about the song, is Charlie. And he, particularly with this record, with this EP, called Context, available everywhere on all the streaming platforms now, um, it's... We really... I wanted to kind of keep it focused and centered around the songs that are there and a lot of the stories aren't really like going going into really really deep complicated concepts it's quite simple stories about usually about romantic love and how it's not working as well actually (laughs) but um I just wanted to kind of like 
keep the way that when we were adding parts I wanted to make sure that there wasn't too much going in like so that if it's a show that's got myself and some other musicians playing that it comes across and you get some of the stuff that we had on the record or equally if it's just me with an acoustic guitar it works equally as well and you still get those stories that are in the lyrics and the mood that the music itself brings I feel like that's a fair kind of summary of where we're at yeah subject matter is usually about romantic love and this at the moment it is I think I'm going to move away from that a little bit on the next record when that happens I'm a while away from yeah I'm kind of like still stirring in the remaining juices of this content of this EP but um when it comes to the next thing I think we're gonna branch out a little bit but that's yeah it's kind of quite simple in some ways the music but it's I like to think it's done really well um, and I'm just trying to hit home on the points that are being made even if those points aren't really deep it's just one song is about a relationship that's not actually going anywhere but you just put your time into it anyway that would be waste our time that right? would be waste our time spot yeah. on yeah <laughs> that was the first single and I just really want to like kind of focus I like like to focus in on those messages and you know that song or any of them on the EP I just wanted to really zone in on what's there rather than take something more I suppose more complicated when it came out I had to listen to it and um you know one of the things I noticed is that it's very stripped back but like in the sense that even if you took away the, like, you've got the string section and you've got Josh on his upright bass, yeah. you know, even if you took away that, they would still work because they are solid, like, just acoustic guitar vocals songs. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. That's, thankfully, that's exactly what we were going for. And thankfully, more, yet more, um, you're not the first person to say that to me. So, well done, Chaz. You did a good job, <laughs> I guess. You got the part, mate, and you can come again next time. <laughs> yeah, when one per- when one person says something, so oh, okay. When two people say it, it's like yeah, hmm. it means like it means like you know what we were trying to convey came across. Yeah, and that feels that feels great. It literally feels like a job well done. Yeah. So obviously, you say you know that was what you were trying to convey when you were recording the CP context. Was that what you wanted to do? How was the recording process? You know, who did you had? It was Josh Fielden that produced it, wasn't it? No, it was oh, no. me. Oh, did you self-produced everything? I did self-produce it. I was, I kind of felt like I'd been playing around with how I wanted to do it for a long time. I actually think probably the first whole half of that year and a half that the EP took was probably a lot of thinking. Something that's probably worth noting is that all of the songs are really quite old. The most recent of them was written almost a year ago now. And um, the oldest is about five years old. And the others are kind of actually sitting around four years or three years anyway. So I knew that I wanted to put something together, but it was a question of looking at all the music that I had and like, did I want to write a lot of new stuff or did I want to put out stuff that I already had in my locker? And did I want to work with somebody to kind of bring that to life as a producer? Not for any particular reasons really in the end but it just kind of worked out that the songs were songs that were pre-existing and I kind of took them dusted them off a little bit looked at some bits that I wasn't quite happy with and made some changes and 
as that happened, I actually realised, oh, I'm actually, I'm going to produce this. I just felt like, I felt really, really down with taking myself on with the creative directing of the project. Mm. Like, um, I'm not a crazy, crazy technically crazy yeah crazy technical producer but i really liked thinking about kind of the shape of the piece of work and how things flow from one to another and if a song is there why is it there and why are we adding parts here and why not here so on things like that i really really enjoyed that part of it obviously with the songs being so stripped back when you were going into actually recording them as how they were going to become was that how they were going in or was it like you thought oh i'll add in a bit more of the you know, upright bass here or add a bit of viola there? It was done as a combination of a live recording and then with some parts added on top after that. I had an idea around January 2019 that I wanted to put myself together, a trio of myself with the acoustic guitar and the vocals, with Josh on the upright bass and B on the viola. And then that was kind of like, I felt a good starting point and anything like, you know, I could release that if I wanted to, and that would be great. Or I could, you know, still have that as a canvas to build upon, which is indeed what ended up happening. As the three of us started practicing together, I felt that I wanted a kind of anchor in terms of rhythm. And so we brought in a good friend of mine, Nick Kelly, on drums and percussion. And again, so a lot of the drums and percussion that you hear in there are done live in the room with the four of us and they're quite I think quite um sparse like there's not yeah I, I wouldn't have there. actually noticed yeah exactly you know, unless you pointed them out and that is exactly what we were looking for like Nick, a lot of Nick's job was knowing to not play which was fantastic he did like he would killed it killed we're gonna hire you silence. as a drummer but you're not gonna play. yeah it was great it was really great but he really got it like it's not a type of music that he's that he really comes from or that he's massively into, but he took to it like a duck to water, as I believe the phrase is. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of our canvas that I built upon from there. It was Nick with the drums and percussion, Josh with the bass, Brian with the viola and myself with the guitar and vocals. And so from there, you've got very much what I would say the core structure of the record is. There did also happen to be some more overdubs. I took the songs home and did some more work myself, adding some electric guitars and um, some extra percussion, some shakers and stuff, and some backing vocals and stuff like that here and there. But really the core of it is with those four guys. And I had one day of recording in Newcastle with a mandolin player called Tom Kimber. Tom absolutely killed it. Like everybody on the record did an absolutely amazing job, but I think personally, because of taste, my personal taste in music, Tom did take the cake a little bit because we actually met and found a com common ground with an interest of a band from the US called Punch Brothers who are very quickly new folk music. That's what I'm going to say. And they're fronted by a mandolin player called Chris Thiele, who is absolutely bonkers. He's like one of these once in a generation musicians. He's really, really talented. So when I met Tom, we bonded over our love for this guy and this band and all their music quite quickly. I kind of quite quickly was like, this guy, this guy's got to come on the record. Like it just, it felt totally right. It was a really nice creative moment, actually. And um, I remember I sent over the songs to Tom, asked him to put some parts down. 
um, kind of like ahead of me going to going up to Newcastle to record him. I'd had a very very long day when I got the ideas back from Tom, and I absolutely like I, I like kind of sat down, got my headphones on, was like, oh man, totally wiped here. I can't bother with anything right now, and the music starts, and then Tom's mandolin part comes in on Waystar Time, which is essentially actually as it is on the record now. And I like I literally I almost broke down. The part <laughs> was just so beautiful and. That continued through like all the songs that Tom played on. It just absolutely nailed it. And so that was it. That was everybody who played on the record. Absolutely stellar jobs all around. And I was really, really pleased with the way it came together. It's in my opinion that I love it because like, I'm really glad that people seem to like it and everything. But to be honest with you, I absolutely love this EP. And I feel really happy screaming from the rooftops about it because like it's music that I absolutely love to write, to sing, to play, and I'm just really happy with it. And I'm doing it for myself in some ways, it feels like I'm coming from a position of strength there going forward. And um, anything that happens, I do because I enjoy it and because I want to do it and not really. There's a phrase, um, I think, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. It very much feels like one of those circumstances. Yeah. Definitely. Funnily enough, I was one of my uni readings this week was about doing what you love as a job, mm-hmm. and uh, well, let's just say that took a very negative approach. But, but you know, clearly, just from looking at you beaming there, you know, like <laughs> you are loving what you're doing and you're never working. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, like the reality is, I graduated in July. I work a part-time job at home. I live in home again in Brighton, um, living with my mum. Big up Sandra, saving some pennies, which is. Um, really really great of her but it's i really enjoy living back in brighton the reality is like i work this part-time job like i'm on a zero hours contract with a catering agency which doesn't sound mega glam like i'm in a pot wash three or four days a week but it puts money in the bank i really enjoy the work that i'm doing it even the days where you feel tired and i feel like i wish i could be doing music it totally serves i mean it essentially is as important and I just feel like life is happily at a place where everything's kind of in a little happy in-between at the moment, where I've got the balance of everything weighing up, but mostly being able to do music, which is, as we say, what you love. What you love. More than anything, which yeah. is just killer. It's amazing. Hmm. I mean, music is probably one of the best things in the world. I'm so biased, but I'm mega... <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to have to agree. Different... Yeah. Um, Different folks got different things, but like I'm so yeah, I'm so on your team. Mm. So where did the inspiration for the tracks come from? Because obviously they're all, as you say, pretty much about like some sort of romantic thing. Are they all personal experience? Are they all you know just yeah fantasies? No, lyrically everything. Let me check myself. Everything happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I maybe it's slightly the size of my ego that dictated that, <laughs> or I just. Songwriting for me is like a form a form of therapy, particularly for um, when I'm writing songs for myself that I'm going to go out and play as an artist. I really like it actually almost as like a, you know, maybe I'll look back in 20 years' time and each release, whatever they are going to look like, will be almost like a journal and I'll be able to kind of timestamp what was going on at that point in time and the things that were important then. I have a friend a mentor um who 
has been keeping a diary for something like, I mean, it's not one diary, it's a lot of books, but I think he's been doing it for something like 50 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's amazing. And um, I think his idea, he says to me, is that, you know, when he comes to retire, he's not looked at it yet. When he, when he comes to retire, he's going to sit down with all these books and kind of look back through everything. I would love to kind of approach it in that same sort of way. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not, and I don't write from personal experience for that particular kind of reason. That's just no, like it's a, just a byproduct. Yeah, it's a fantastic byproduct. Hopefully yeah. that things will work out like that. As I say, songwriting is very therapeutic for me. Like it's such a great way to get what's in my head onto paper or onto song as it were it's kind of like a like a cleaning day for mental health in some, <laughs> sometimes you know um it's really beautiful to be able to take those experiences whatever they are and transform them into my art mm. yeah there was a bit in uh, tokyo that i did really like and you probably you could probably tell which bit it is but it's a bit where like you start you know just singing a lot more quicker than the actual pace of yeah. the song is i don't really know how to describe it which is weird a as a rap, music journalist it? it's not yeah, it's exactly. not a rap it's, it's not quite a rap but it's just singing on like it's a bit double more fa- speed it's a bit more faster a bit yeah. more rhythmical um somebody called it a chaz rap a chaz rap and i don't know because it's got the word rap in it i don't know i don't i, I don't, don't, don't want to say chap <laughs> no a chap oh no that's gonna be a big nah, <laughs> no i can't hack it <laughs> no definitely not i like that part the line that comes after it was about Wagamama's. The chor- that's one of those songs like the chorus and the bridge were written in a Wagamama's in like five minutes. It's just really? like, it was playing in my head and I just had to write it down, um, which was really great. And yeah, I couldn't tell you why, but that fast rhythmic from like the go, that part was there. I couldn't tell you why or what I'd been listening to that day or anything like that, but I just, I just knew that that was there. It was like mm. in the way that the sky is blue and the grass is green. After the chorus, there's going to be a fast bit, <laughs> is what I can tell you. Yeah. Drawing on that then, uh, what what sort of um, artists would you say like inspired this particular EP? This is a really interesting one to me because I like a lot of different kinds of music. Um, I'm obviously really big on songwriters and folk music, but I've got, I've got maybe an equally huge passion for indie bands, alternative bands, rock bands, funk and soul. I really, really love jazz more and more these days, like all kinds and sorts of music. And I'm a big believer that different things feed into, even if it seems very unrelated, different experiences and different ideas that you pick up or hear, sometimes consciously and sometimes subconsciously, make their way into your music and yeah. your art whatever that may be so i would acknowledge that however there are definitely like some artists who i really looked to in terms of the way i wanted to i think when i was thinking about production particularly artists that i wanted to maybe look to and see how they did it a lot i really like I, yeah i mean i love songwriters and like people who are trying to tell a story, whatever that might be, often just stripped down to an instrument and a voice. Obviously, there's a lot of absolute classics like Joni Mitchell. I mean, who can't? She's just one of the greatest songwriters who ever lived. Blue was a... Actually, yeah, Blue, we look, I've looked at quite a lot. Nick Drake, massively important. Somebody said when I was making demos for the EP that the songs reminded them of Nick Drake, which was a 
huge compliment, I think, where I ended up going with the production maybe went a little further away from that, but the fact that the songs at their core reminded that person of that artist was a really special thing. I've always been huge on the Beatles. Paul McCartney is particularly I'm Paul over John. I can't I don't even know why really. Like I just feel a resonance with Paul's songs and his music mm. and the way he seems to work more than I do with John. Maybe that will change with time, but I really, really really big fan really big fan of Paul McCartney. But then as well kind of like people who would I love a lot of people who are working around right now like in the UK folk scene I guess you have a guy called Blair Dunlop who I've listened to for a long time for like I mean I saw him at a festival like seven years ago or something like that and like soon after that started going to gigs and saying hi to him and he's like been a really friendly nice guy to talk to and his music every time he's one of those artists for me every time a record comes out it kind of marks quite a significant point in time I could tell you where mm. everything was at at that point and again I just feel a massive resonance with his music I can't can't always explain why he's brilliant I saw a artist called Kitty McFarlane supporting him on tour a few years ago and was immediately taken by her voice and by her songs um, and actually looked to the way that her music was produced particularly her debut EP and the way that that was put together. I looked to quite a lot when I was trying to work out how I wanted to do this. There's a, a duo, again, a duo in the folk scene called Jacob and Drinkwater, who, by Ben Jacob's lyrics are striking constantly, and Lucas Drinkwater's bass, production, guitar, everything the guy touches, like, they're just, they're a real, real pair of weapons, those two. I could talk about this for absolutely hours, because that's, yeah. like, kind of touching on just the you know, the singer-songwriters of the past and then some people in the folk scene. When Tokyo was written, I was listening to a lot of George Ezra at the time and there's, like, bits of Ed Sheeran that come through in the music as well. So, And Bombay Bicycle Club's second record where they went very folk and very acoustic is, like, all equally important. So, you know, and I guess actually that is a very good example that there's so much ground to cover yeah. already of, like, my first point kind of makes more sense because there's so much music and it's mm. such a joy of life even to say something as big and bold as that because you can find something coming full circle however strange it might be or however however random that tangent might be it just always seems to make its way back around which i find very very interesting at the moment as even happened with your point in response to my question. You could not have put it better. You could not have put it better. Yeah. I, I believe they call that case and point. I think we might have a, a running name for the new record. <laughs> Whenever I get to it. How many different names have you got for this new record now? Uh, I say that, but I know what the next one's going to be called. Mm. It will be called Balance. And Balance. actually for that exact reason. Because case and point. Because good and bad. Because... Yeah of things coming full circle. I know whatever that record looks like, I know that I am going into it saying it's going to be called Balance. Yeah. Might even change, who knows, but I can say for certain right now, that's what I think I'm going to call it. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got you've got a maybe name. Do you have... Yeah. Do you, does that mean that uh, for this next one you're going to have songs that haven't been written yet? Or are you going to, you know, maybe throw in some... 
other stuff? Some, I think maybe a bit of both, you know. Again, balance hitting it there. I have some stuff which has been written relatively recently, which not because I'm writing for the new record, but just because life happens and I write songs. Yeah. A couple of songs have happened kind of recently that I've just gone, yeah, I could see that that would fit. And again, there's some that are actually like in the archive, as it were, which are in like a deep, dark folder somewhere <laughs> in one of my hard drives that I think of every now and again. And I'm like, maybe it's time to dig that out and polish it off and see if it would fit. But equally, I definitely, I think with this next one, I will try and be more... I think I'll probably go for... A, I'll probably take the approach of balance. Like, I thought I'd probably take some old stuff, some new stuff that I've actively written for the record and some stuff in between. Yeah. There are some songs that exist now. If you come to the show on Monday night at Northern Quarter in Huddersfield, and actually the show in Brighton on the 18th, on Wednesday the 18th of December as well, at the Brunswick, there are some songs that have come to surface in the last... I'm just going to say recent times. We don't need to put... We don't need to a, put a specific yeah, we don't need date put, and time. Yeah, exactly. But recently, songs have come together just through life happening that are going to be played at those shows. Because, mm. you know, we've only got six songs on the EP and we've got a whole show <laughs> to fill. So. But it's also nice, actually, kind of like, even if I can't tell you loads about what I want the new record to be and I'm actively saying I'm not starting tracking yeah. t- anytime soon it's nice to be looking forward and to thinking of, to be thinking about what comes next Yeah. particularly given that I think I suspect again you know who's to say what will happen once it all starts coming together but I think that context and balance the two releases will be quite closely linked watch this space we'll watch see this how space we go. Yeah. turns out you end up releasing like a death metal you know at this point <laughs> And I like come next time I come in, I'm like, Rubes, it's all connected, honestly. <laughs> yeah, you can tell me the story of how you go from folk singer songwriter to death metal to musician. Death metal screamo lad. Yeah. Jamie, jo- 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 Jamie Jordan prodigy. Yeah, and then yeah. next time it's grime. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. No, we need to calm down because otherwise I'm going to get carried away. I mean, um, that would be quite, you know, the social wild card. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you. Yeah, that's excellent. Social wildcard are not are very much um, bubbling away underneath the surface, yeah. by the way. There's a, um, for those who are maybe unfamiliar, a band I was in at the start of my time at uni with called Social Wildcard, and we kind of all had a really good time when we started and then went away and did separate things. But I've always felt like there's a bit more to explore there. Mm. And I recorded some music in the summer, in the new year, you'll be able to hear that. Watch all that right. space. I mean, there isn't, isn't, um, because you obviously, when you had your 21st, you released that EP with songs from all of like your old bands and stuff, yeah, didn't God, you? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. maybe quite an interesting sign of the times, uh, because a lot... That was just a one-off EP, yeah. like a... Um, I just want to put this out now, saying that these are all the different projects that I'm mm. working on, and here's a song from each of them. A lot of where I feel like I'm at these days has actually stayed quite true to that concept in some points. I'm obviously doing a lot of work as a solo artist called Charlie Hula, but mm. I'm working away with a couple of bands called Social Wildcard and Elmwood Avenue to put out new music in the new year, get a live show together, and equally in the way that I'm having a proper go at this, I, me and the boys are going to have a proper go at those things as well. I figure, like, I'm young, I'm in my early 20s, I just want to make music and have a good yeah. time. Personally, what I should be doing with life right now 
is exactly what I want to be doing more than anything else. And, and if people buy a copy of your EP, it will help it out as well. Really help us along the way. Yeah, it's available to buy from Bandcamp and iTunes, and there's going to be some CDs and some merch coming soon as well. So yeah, please help us out there. <laughs> but yeah, it's very interesting actually that kind of two years ago now, when I turned 21 and released an EP of like four songs that were from four different projects, in some ways a lot has changed, and in some ways not so much. It's interesting. Who would your ideal support slot be for? My ideal support slot would be for. Yeah. Dead or alive, let's have some fun. Dead or alive. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? So every when we're talking about influences, yeah. we'd love to open up for any of those guys. That would be great. I might do, hopefully, in the new year. That that might happen. That would be lovely. I mean, but of anyone? If so, like, money's not a quest, money's not an object, no. <laughs> questions like that. I mean, to open up for Paul McCartney would be so great. Yeah. Because the thing is with him and the Beatles, they are so at the bedrock of music these days. Mm. For me personally, anyway, that's my opinion. It kind of, you can, again, everything comes full circle with those guys because I feel like you can trace everything. You Maybe you could argue you could, could do that with a lot of things in music to a lot of different places but I feel like you can trace a lot of things in popular music these days back to the Beatles and I would definitely say my EP is probably not um I'd say there's no exception there and also hell are you kidding me open up for Paul McCartney sold man that'd be unbelievable (laughs) that would be quite amazing (laughs) yeah yeah I mean I don't like you know I don't even think I'd turn that down yeah you're just like hi guys I'm a (laughs) I'm going to talk to y'all for a little bit. They said I could... I'm going to do a live podcast. (laughs) That'd be amazing. It's a bit different to what's coming later in the show, but, you know, just bear with me. I'll get around to you eventually. Yeah. Oh, man. Ah, Keep saying in the new year, it's currently December. Are you doing Whamageddon? What is Whamageddon? Well, you know the Christmas song, Last Christmas, by Wham. The I'm aware. Yeah, the yeah, I- yeah, yeah. the idea of Whamageddon <laughs> is to go as far into December without hearing Last Christmas at all. Have, Have you, you ever he- heard of the game? You just oh, lost the damn game. it! <laughs> that's so not fair. Because that's exactly what that sounds like. Yeah, it's very similar. You just lost oh. the game. I'm very sorry, Reeves. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you've just lost the game. <laughs> oh, dude. <sighs> That's exactly what that sounds like, though. I've got yeah. no problem with Last Christmas. Like, I, I don't have a problem with Last Christmas either. I own it on vinyl. Um, <laughs> that sounds like being an active fan of it, to be honest with yeah. you. Like, it's weird. Like, I'm deliberately trying not to hear a song that Honestly, I actually you like. you bought this. You paid money for this, and now you're actively trying to not use this product. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> but it's also like, you know, if you walk into a shop in, like, December, the chances are they've got Christmas music on at this point. Yeah. The chances are it's probably going to be last Christmas. <laughs> You've got to try and avoid this. You know. I don't know if that's something that you can control within your lifetime. You can try. <laughs> you can try. <laughs> I might, I, two years ago, I managed to make it, like, 16, 17 days into <laughs> Whamageddon. <laughs> This is a very bizarre concept. I'm down with it. I'm There's a lot of it. people doing it. Yeah, yeah. I believe it as well. That's cool though. Very, mm. very um, not where I would have placed where that question was going. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's December. It I can get away with odd formats. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, on that topic, anyway, what's your favourite Christmas song? Oh, I'm definitely basic, but, you know, you've got to acknowledge Fairytale of New York as like, mm. one of the greats. Um, that's like a go-to for me. 
big again big lover of folk music irish family um i mean how could i not punch brothers the band that i and tom kimber of the mandolin bonded over um have a really great version of O Come O Come Emmanuel which is kind of maybe a bit of a curveball as a Christmas song yeah but um, it's a really really beautiful arrangement and as usual those those guys in that band absolutely kill it a songwriter who I saw in Brighton when I was growing up called Ed Prosek who get this grew up in California I saw him in Brighton for a few years when I was like 17 now lives in Berlin. The guy's going everywhere. Yeah. Um, I think it's Berlin. If not, he was living there for a minute, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. He did a version of Let It Snow, like, something like seven years ago or something like that, that was just kind of like a small release, which um, yeah. just, like, put it on the internet and said, hey, what's up, come listen to this, mm. which has always stuck with me as well as, like, a really, really beautiful go-to. And, you know, you just love, you got to love, just get the classic... Get me a classic Christmas songs playlist. Oh my god, dude! How could we forget Wolf Peck killing it with Christmas in LA? We've got to get <laughs> oh, them into yeah. like that classic playlist. We've got to get those guys further into the status of legends. They're amazing to me. That band actually, like, they just sold out Madison Square Garden a few a couple of months ago or something like that with a label that they started themselves. I mean, basically, no no major label. They managed themselves. Basically, they've started this thing actually out of a university, a bunch of music students mm. in the US. So it's particularly inspiring and interesting to myself. And they just sold out a 20,000 seater, one of the biggest venues yeah. in the world. And the way that that can happen at all is so, so interesting to me. So is that what sort of where you'd like to see yourself in, I don't know, 15 years? Selling out Madison Square Garden? By yourself? Yeah, yeah. All of your own, you know, Mary. I feel like I'd be absolutely mad not to say <laughs> yes. That would be unbelievable. I'd love to do it. The thing is, for me, like, I'm kind of, I'm going to do this anyway. I am really quite happy in saying that, like, I'm going to have a go at this music for a good, like, the next stage of my life. Like, you are a child, you are a teenager, you go to uni... The next thing for me is that this is going to be the years, however long, where I have a proper crack at being a musician. Yeah. And hopefully then it becomes what I do for life. If it doesn't, and at some point I decide to go get a day job and still write songs and play shows every now and then, stuff like that, cool, like, so be it. That would be, that would be a great outcome. That would be a life well lived. For it to go really well and to be able to do something like play shows regularly and get enough money from it or, you know, work as a songwriter in a way that allows enough money for me to do it mm. as my main source of income, that'd be great as well. To do something like Madison Square Garden, for example, that would be, yeah, that would be really awesome. <laughs> but I definitely like of the opinion that I'd love to have a go at the very least, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, definitely. You know, if you um, don't try and do it, you can't yeah, then totally. do it. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you don't throw your hat in the ring, then you're not even a contender. No. So consider my hat well and truly <laughs> like, within the ring. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, to go back to the gig that you've got on Monday. Madison Square Gardens on Monday night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Northern Quarter to MSG. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? I mean... Someone might have done it. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, 
people people do it like yeah if it's not me that does it or like somebody else who is kind of like at the same point as me like good friend toby burton who was here on the show last week yeah could i mean it could be him you know what i mean or if yeah, not, definitely. it could be any guy like us who manages that i mean hence the fact we have a cheering yeah because he went from like playing you know to less than 100 people. So and man like, and his know. dog. Yeah, definitely. So, um, He's um, such a powerhouse for, you know, a ginger. <laughs> <laughs> Who let gingers have that much power? I can't believe that's the takeaway. <laughs> yeah. I love it because lo- lots of people love him for different reasons. The one that you hear a lot, I think, is um, he seems like a really genuine guy, really down to earth, and then... Some people sticking out for the gingers. Absolutely. <laughs> I guess that's true. That's got to be a contingent, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit biased. Yeah. Just a little Just a bit. Tad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I hope the gig goes well. Yeah. And it Come spurs by. you on to. I'll probably be there. Yeesh. You know. Hear that, guys? Probably. Yeesh. You never know what's going to happen. I might get called to Madison Square Garden. Support <laughs> <laughs> Paul McCartney. <laughs> Well, I'll probably be at Northern <laughs> Quarter in Huddersfield on the 15th of December. Oh, sorry, the 9th of December. If you're about in the north, come on through. And I'm in Brighton at the Brunswick on the 18th of December. Mm. Going to round it, round out the year. Some nice, wholesome, maybe slightly festive vibes. Slightly festive vibes. You know, it's the time of year, man. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we were just talking about Whamageddon. <laughs> We were just talking about Whamageddon. Yeah. Um, so if people want to find you online, where can they find you? Everywhere. Absolutely everywhere you look, I'm there. And um, how can they find notably, you? <laughs> um, Charlie Hula, notably on Instagram, Facebook. Keep an eye on YouTube because there's going to be some stuff going up on there in the next little while. I'm on Twitter as well. And I think that is every base that could possibly hit if you search charlie hula on any of those platforms you will find me yeah there's also links in the description there is also links in the description yeah wink <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> but yeah thank you for coming on the podcast it's an absolute pleasure thank you very much for having me on no worries tell your friends i will ha you're listening to fresh from the scene Ruby Price. Thank you very much for sticking around and listening to this episode of Fresh from the Scene featuring the very special guest, Charlie Hula. I'm sure he'll appreciate being called a very special guest. If you're in Huddersfield on the 9th, make sure you get down for the gig. And as I said before, there will be a link in the description so you can get tickets. There will also be a link to, you know, Charlie's EP on Spotify and all that other stuff. Yeah. Remember, you can find us online at FFT Scene or rubes and i shall see you in the next week's podcast yeah i hope you've enjoyed this thank you very much and goodbye <laughs>